welcome back to the Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. We're back after a bit of a bit of a, a layoff, I guess you could say. Um, back with one of the bigger rounds with a, a lot of injuries and a lot of trade questions coming into the Instagram page. We'll go through all of that and more. I'm your host, Daniel, and I'm joined by Josh again today. How are we doing, mate? Going well, mate. Good to be back. Yeah, absolutely. Good to talk a bit of fantasy, especially on uh, this week, right before Magic Round. There's, geez, there's plenty to discuss. Um, we'll get straight yeah, into it. Yeah, going on. Yeah, um, we'll start with just a bit of the the late mail. So because we're doing this on the Thursday and there are no Thursday games for Magic Round, they're all um, from Friday to Sunday. There isn't too much late mail, but it's more just talking about possibilities of inclusions. So for the Bulldogs, uh, Raymond Fatala Marin is named amongst the reserves and he is a chance to return. Uh, Schuster is also named amongst the reserves, but he's actually unlikely to return this week. Um, for the Broncos, Turpin has been uh, kept on the uh, the reserves as well, and he might be a late inclusion for Corey Pakes on the bench, so keep an eye on that one if you have uh, Corey Pakes. For the Warriors, Volkman and Lusick as well have been included. They were the transfers from the uh, Roosters, I believe, so they're uh, still on the reserves, and they actually might be a late inclusion for the Warriors, so keep an eye on that because uh, two cheap uh, possible cheapies there. And for the Rabbitohs, the, probably the biggest one is uh, Blake Taff. Um, he's struggling with the flu at the moment. So Cody Nicarima actually might be replacing him at fullback. So keep an eye on the late mail there. Uh, and the last one, which is even a, probably a bigger one than Taff, because a lot of people are going towards him for replacement for Pappenhausen at the moment. Um, Nick Meaney, who was named at fullback for the Storm, could possibly be replaced by Tyron Wishett, who uh, filled in for the Storm on the weekend when Pappenhausen came off. So, yeah, a couple of big ones there to keep an eye on, especially coming into those Friday games, just in case there are some late inclusions and some late changes. How are you feeling about those ones? I know you were kind of tossing up maybe going Meany or something like that for Pappenhausen or even like we've both got Taff at the moment. What are you what are you thinking of those kind of uh, players at the moment? Yeah, it's interesting. The um the Wishart news could be massive if he goes to fullback. And he did look pretty good in fullback last week in his limited minutes, to be fair. I suppose he played a whole half, but he looked pretty good. He's quick. The Storm just seemed to have like a endless supply of good halves and fullbacks. And that's the thing. He's cheap as well. He's very, he's still basement price wish it because he's had a few bench games um, where he's come on and scored, you know, four or five points. So his his price has obviously plummeted from his first round um, score. So he's back down to basement 220K with a break even of 13 as well. So he's kind of, if he does get named at fullback, no, I'm not a bad um, option, like a decent option to go when you think about it. For sure. My only concerns, and this is concerns, I guess, with Storm backs, I'm not even considering selling coats this week. It's just their draw for the next couple of weeks, and then they don't play 13. So they got the Panthers this week, the Cowboys, who have been like a pretty tough defensive team, then Seagulls. So it's this is the highest point for the Cowboys of the whole season. So it's um, <laughs> going to go downhill from here, definitely. But yeah, there is a rough draw there for the for the Storm. So yeah, it's a bit bit hard for them, especially like you said, coming into round thirteen. Like the trades from now until round thirteen, you probably want to be making trades for players that will be playing then, so that when you get to round seventeen, you're making you know you're trading out the cheapies to get players in for round seventeen kind of thing. So hopefully you're hovering around like ten to fifteen players. It depends obviously on your your squad and how many play Origin, but probably ten to fifteen you're looking at for the two buy rounds. For sure, yeah. It's a little bit tricky because if you go super hard in 13, it just the way it works, I guess, and there's only a certain amount of trades you can make until 17. So I guess it's hard. You don't want to, like, screw yourself over for 17. But anything above 13, I think, is doing really yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you can somehow get, you know, 
a squad of what 17 on the park <laughs> that's uh you're doing better than probably 90 percent of the, the fantasy coaches out there that's that's huge numbers yeah you'll see some big green arrows i'd say yeah and do you know how the trades i guess i assume we get like a a super trade week in 13 and 17 like the historically has been as well yes we can make like up to four or so trades correct so for round 13 you from round 13 onwards as well not i think it's to the end of the season i don't think they're doing it just over the um, origin period so from round 13 onwards i believe you get uh four trades a week and you also get four additional trades for the rest of the season. So you do get a couple extra trades, which is good, but you still don't want to be burning through them too much. You probably, after round 17, you probably still want to be sitting at around 10. I think I had about 10 and I ran out with one or two rounds to go. So um, yeah, you know, 10 to 12 is probably ideal for the last few rounds because those uh, season-long injuries uh, towards the end of the season really hurt you, especially if it's a Haas or a, a Grant or a Pappenhaus, you know, again, like you never know what's going to oh, yeah. happen. Anyway, let's let's talk about just the, this round coming up and what we're kind of going to do, I guess. Um, I guess the big news, before we get into questions from the fans, the big news is Ryan Pappenhausen out for four to six weeks um, and people scrambling to try to replace him because he's pretty much a must-trade, right? You're thinking definitely trade? Yeah, I think he has to go, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. And then Cam Murray as well. He's out for three to four weeks and then probably will going be going into origin and be, you know, slowly brought back into the team for the for their actual NRL clashes. So he's probably a trade as well. Yeah, I think so, which is a shame. I hope he's good for origin, but um yeah, for fantasy I think he's gotta go as well. Yeah, huge huge blow for the blues, unfortunately. It's just come at the worst time. Yeah. <laughs> They've got a few other guys kicking around, I guess, but yeah, he's been arguably like the form forward this year yeah absolutely Murray for sure and he can go anywhere as well he can play 13 he can play anywhere on an edge and he's even a bit of an impact player off the bench as well that's that, like he's very flexible in that that case yeah. yeah weapon I guess the big thing is what do you who do you think would be a good replacement for I guess the likes we'll start with Murray what are you what are you thinking about replacements for Murray in the in the mids yeah it's tricky I think if I was eyeing up Murray and I didn't have Papali'i That'd be kind of like the obvious obvious choice to go kind of like 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 Papali as well is pretty highly owned now. So I know last week not having his 81 was a real killer on my team, not having him. And he's just a weapon. It was like 81 almost all in base, I think. So he'd be a pretty, pretty good option. He doesn't play 13, but he's going to play the 17. And importantly, like he's not in and around that origin bubble. So he's going to play. He's only going to miss essentially like the one week. So he'd be up there. It's a bit trickier when you look at guys like Yo and some of these guys that are going to be in and around the origin bubble, I think, as far as like a, a long-term replacement. Tamalolo's been pretty good. Had a down week last week, but I think it was like so close to scoring on two or three occasions. If you had a Yeah, they brought, lost, him, they brought him off early as well. That's the thing, because they, oh, okay. they were winning convincingly. So they brought him off with... They brought him back on with about 20 minutes to play, and then they took him off 10 minutes later because they didn't need him and they just gave him an early rest. So, I mean, there's still points on the table there, especially for that second stint. Tamalolo for that second stint towards the back end of the second half always picks up huge points. Like, you see his scores. He's on, like, you know, 19, 20 points at halftime and you're like, oh my God, he's going to score really poorly this week. And then all of a sudden, bang, he's up to a 55-60 by the end of the game. Like, that's just the way he plays. Yeah, he's been really good. 
TPJ is a pretty good one who also plays 13. There's Cotter, who's kind of around the mix. There's, even if you wanted to go for like a, a hooking option, I know we put Robson as a buy last week, who had another pretty good score. So there's definitely a few few options kicking around. Yeah, I really, so what you touched on before, I really like just the Papali option, just the fact that he doesn't play at Origin, even though he doesn't play round 13, he misses one game and then he plays round 17. So you've already locked that spot down. I think he's probably the safest one for Murray. That just makes the most sense. Like he's 5k more expensive than Murray is currently. So it's a pretty easy like for like swap and he's dual position player. So whatever value you associate to that, that's added for having Papali as well. And you'll hold him for the rest of the season. He's he's a, you know, a set and forget kind of player. Yeah, I think the Pappenhausen injury is probably one where there's a lot more, I guess, scrutiny over who you pick because there aren't any obvious like-for-like choices because most people have, you know, Heinz and, I know, some other ones, Teddy and stuff like that already. So um, it's a lot harder to, I guess, pick with with Origin and buy rounds because most of them play Origin, which is unfortunate. But yeah, who are you thinking, I guess, for Pappenhausen? What are your What are your initial thoughts? Yeah, this is really hard. Um, I, I, I'm not really sure. I'm tossing up this at the moment as well. I'm trying to kind of work my way around it so I don't have to trade in a winger fullback if possible. Like I had May in my centres and I'm just thinking about moving May into the into winger fullback and doing some shuffling with Kago even and kind of, I guess, going Pappenhausen to a forward. If you've got that flexibility, I'd, I'd recommend that because, yeah, looking at the... The list, I guess, of who's available at winger fullback, it's it's not that great. Yeah, I I agree with that that kind of play. If you can if you can get away with a cheapie in your winger fullback spot for the for the origin period, like if you have a I, I dare say it, if you have like a cooler or a taff a taff or taff whatever, um, like you know some of those kind of players or a may just lying around. I I think they're the best. The best case scenario is to to put them in there and get a better forward or a you know someone scoring more consistently i think so as well yeah because even when you look at the guys like manu i guess who are kind of like at the top of the range you could see like his scores are being like a little bit inconsistent as well and i don't know i feel like you're just as good of a shout to have cooler get you like a a nice score or <laughs> versus like any of these other guys it just kind of like depends on the the game script and who they're playing just kind of like so up in the air the position yeah, so Cooler, he does play round uh, 13 and he will be playing over the origin period because he seems like the probably the best centre they have with their injuries currently. That being said, Manly do have a bit of a rough um, draw as well. You know, they've got the Broncos this round for Magic Round in Brisbane. They've got Parramatta in the Storm. But then again, these kind of teams will be missing plays for origin as well, so it's not too bad there. Um, but I think probably if you're looking for a like-for-like player for Pappenhausen, I think you've got to avoid players like Tedesco and Turbo just because they are playing Origin. They're not going to get you enough points so points over the next like seven rounds, eight rounds, while they're, you know, in Blues camp and between they're playing their NRL with their NRL team. And um, for the Blues, they're not going to be playing 80 minutes in their, like in their teams every week. Like for the Roosters especially, Tedesco always gets rest, rested. Trent Robinson doesn't like playing the players that go to Origin. He'll always rest them or play them off the bench. And then for Turbo, he's way too injury prone to risk, I'd say, over the over the origin period for Manly. So they're probably going to rest him as well, I'd imagine. Yeah, I think that's historically what's happened. I will actually point out 
someone I've kind of like been keeping my eye on and you didn't mention him in the, the lay mail section, but I've heard some kind of whispers that he might be up and around again is Sean Russell from the, the Eels. Oh, yeah. If he gets that left wing spot, that seems to be like the money spot for the, the Eels. They've got a few tough games coming up, but I could definitely see some value in him and he's got a good break even as well. Yeah, so he was named amongst the reserves, and there hasn't really been any updates on him yet, but he is returning from injury soon. He did play New South Wales Cup last week and got through that game unscathed, so that's good. Yeah, that's the other thing. I heard he had a pretty good, like he scored a try in the first yeah. three minutes or something in that game. Some crazy. <laughs> yeah, so he only like played back in the, back in the fold, Oops. yeah. He only played half an hour um, in his round one game against the Titans before, you know, Jaden Campbell put his knees through his guts. He did have a hat trick though, so that's you know that's a positive. Um, base stats wise, very low, but yeah, he he looked dangerous every time he got the ball, which is good. There's just not much data on him yet, so yes, he's probably a good buy just because he is cheap and his break even so low, and he'll get game time. But what his scores are going to look like, you know, it's it's up in the air, especially with these junior wingers. You never know, right? Yeah, this is. I'm just looking at his stats now. That first game he played is crazy. Yeah. Three tries, two line breaks. Three tries in, yeah. Three tries in thirty minutes. That's crazy. So he's not a bad option, but yeah, you'd need to see him in the team before you commit to him. I'd imagine. Yeah, it's probably not a bad shot. Anyway, um, let's get into some questions because there might be a lot more chat about some of these players that we've got um questions on. A lot of them are going to be you know sell Pappenhausen or buy who kind of thing. We've already kind of touched on good options for each position. So um, if you're kind of looking for players, have a look at those ones. But we might go into a bit more detail on some based on the questions we have. Um, first question from William. Uh, who's a good swap option for Tago with an extra 235k in the bank? So Tago, he's currently 524k. So it means he's this person's got... So Will's got about 760k to work with. But what do you think about Tago? Do you think he's a sell? I would be holding him for 13, personally. You're just going to be scrambling for players. He's... Had a few down weeks, but he he's been pretty consistent, and I think he's like as far as a center for base as well. It's pretty high, so you kind of know what you're going to get from him most weeks. And just having an extra number for thirteen, I think, is just going to be really important. Be holding off if you could. Yeah, I agree. He's a hold. I don't think you waste the trade when he's going to be playing round thirteen and onwards. Um, yes, his scores have been pretty poor, I guess, over the last couple of weeks, but. You know what you're going to get, like you said. You know what you're going to get from him. He's he's going to have games where he goes big, and then he's going to have quiet games. Him and Crichton, and even May, sometimes do the same thing, right? They kind of share points, and sometimes one of them's in the points and does really well, while the other one's poor. So you kind of got to weigh up: is it worth trading any of them really when they're going to be playing over the Origin period? Exactly. Yeah, and I think it's kind of good signs from the Panthers as well, as far as I guess their trust with him and that edge that they kept him and May on that one side that kind of uh, combination they had from, you know, Toyota Cup juniors. So they kind of like invest in that edge and they move Toto to the other side. So I um, I really like that left edge from the Panthers. I think it's really good. So we've got a few questions around captaincy options and we'll probably touch on this towards the back end of the podcast as well. But Cleary or Hines as captain, who, who do you think is the better option? Yeah, I'm actually leaning if I had to choose one, it'd be Hines for this week, I think. And that is mostly centered around the weather, I think. Also, the Storm and Panthers, I was listening to a podcast the other week, and there's a 
there's a kind of pattern, I guess, with their games. And they go like really close and then the Storm win by a lot. Really close, Storm win by a lot. And we're up to the pattern where the Storm are going to win by a lot, according to the pattern. So if that stays true, could really hurt Cleary again. And you saw what happened last week when they were losing. Like in a losing side, he still pumped out 45, obviously. But yeah, without those try assists, find it hard to see him scoring around the 70, 80 mark. Yeah. But, and that game was a little bit wet as well, I think, on the weekend, right? When he pumped out his 130. Hines, no, no, it wasn't. I don't think it was wet at all. I think it was fine. No, they just, they were missing a player. So they're missing Will Kennedy. So he was, he was defending at fullback and then he was attacking as a half. So he got a lot more run meters from, you know, um, kick returns, but he also lost out on a few tackles cause he wasn't defending in the line, but he made up for that. I think he nearly, I think he had over 200 and something meters, um, run meters. So he made up plenty of points there. It wasn't a huge issue. And obviously 132, I mean, come on, that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Especially with the, the score changes. That's insane. Um, and what you were saying before against uh, the Panthers against Melbourne, um, Cleary's average against the Storm is the lowest of out of all teams. And his last three scores against the Storm were 81, which was when they, I think they beat them 26, 24 or something like that um, two years ago. And his last two scores are 50 and 53. So not great um, against the Storm. Very, very average scores. And that's with, you know, additional um, points for tackle busts and uh tackle bus and kick meters back in back in last oh, season yeah, so you've got to be got to be wary of that so those scores will probably drop to below a 50 for this year if it's a similar game so i'd be probably steering clear of uh cleary for this week but i think because of the rain you're going to be looking at middle forwards right i don't think cleary and hines are probably the best options this week it's going to be pouring down in brisbane so i think your your front rowers some even your edges that get involved even a hooker here and there for some teams um might be the better option yeah, I don't mind that chat as well. I think pass is kind of where I'm leading at the moment. But yep. um, yeah, any of those, you've got Papali'i or even like Harry Grant would be a pretty good option. Yeah, I like the Harry Grant shout, especially against Penrith. They're going to try to play up through the middle, one out kind of passing um, from the Storm and just keep it simple. I think against the Panthers, I don't think it'll be too expansive. So Grant running through the middle might be a shout. For sure, yeah. Um, so that's a bit about the captains. We can all obviously go into a bit more detail based on the questions. So another question from Doug, Will Smith and Jones to Elliot and Brandon Smith. How do you think Elliot and Smith look at the moment? I don't actually hate the Elliot trade. Plays 13, playing at hooker for some reason. But he actually looked pretty good in that game last week when he had those stints at hooker. And yeah. like was making some breaks through the middle and stuff. I was like, oh, where's this been? I'm not sure about Will Smith, especially now because he dropped out of that side, right? Oh, Will Smith trade out, Brendan Smith trade in. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's not too bad. I don't mind that because I think Smith, there's probably better options than Brandon Smith. But I guess you'd rather be going like a, a Papali'i to a, a, a cheapy versus like two mid-rangers. Yeah, I think Brendan Smith, he's too inconsistent to... I know he's cheap, but he's not going to get back to scoring, you know, 50s, 60s on a weekly basis with the way the Storm play at the moment. Unless something changes and he, you know, he's a set and forget, you know, 60-minute lock for the Storm, I just don't see him coming back to his usual scores. Elliot, on the other hand, like you said, he changed the way the Raiders played and actually played a lot better with him there. So he's not a bad trade-in. 
I kind of like that one. I mean, Jones, Brody Jones is an obvious sell. Will Smith got dropped after playing one game at 5'8 for the Titans. He doesn't look like he's going to be coming back into the team unless he's on the bench. So they're probably both sells. I like Elliott, but Brendan Smith, you probably need to look elsewhere, I'd say. Yeah, sorry. I was just looking at his scores and they have been down. I will, I guess, throw in one counter argument that he will get some extended minutes over Origin, you'd think. Wouldn't be oh, surprised yeah. if he plays like a 80-minute game once Harry Grant goes out for the Maroons camp or however they kind of manage the minutes there. So I could see him getting a little bit of an uptick, but I think, yeah, there's probably better options. Yeah, you wouldn't trade him in this week, I'd say. If you if you are eyeing him off for that origin period, you'd probably wait until round 13 when Harry Grant isn't named. And then that's yeah. probably when you would go. I don't think the Storm actually play the round 13 by, so it's probably round 14. At that oh, point. sure. Yeah, true. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, so another question from Lockie. Do you think Burbo is a definite buy? Yeah, we were talking about this pre-pod for a second. Uh, I think he's a pretty strong buy, especially because I think he'll play 13. Even if he, maybe he'll lose his spot. <laughs> maybe he'll lose it like round 12 and then come back in for 13. But I think Morgan Harper is definitely only out with, you know, being a speed hump for Talakai that week. And they'll have Turbo out in round 13 as well. So I think his chances of holding the spot are good. He does play against Katoni Stags this week, which could be a, a big issue. And maybe it's a, a short tenure for him. He's only young still, so it wouldn't surprise me if he has like a really poor outing this week that he gets dropped. But no, I think I'm going to bring him in this week, free up some cash, and yeah, hope that he... Hangs on for 13. Gives me an extra number. Yeah, I think he, he should play over the origin period, right? Because Turbo will go away for origin. They'll probably move Garrick to fullback, and then there'll be tons of spots there for, you know, Brad Parker coming back from injury. Saab, I think he's still out for another six weeks or something like that, so he's not back soon. They'll probably bring Morgan Harper in on a wing or something like that. So there's plenty of room there for, for Burbo to hold his spot. He had a pretty good game on the weekend, obviously he scored a 60-odd and he's got a negative break even. So yeah, this week he should do fine. It's just whether, you know, pre-origin, before round 13, how many games will he play based on who they've got in reserves? Like, I don't know if they will bring Harper back. He seems, yeah, like you said, he's on the outer at the moment with Desi. Uh, what are your thoughts on Schneider from Toby? Yeah, it's a tough hold at the moment, isn't it, for Schneider? And you kind of talked me out of buying him Sorry, at selling him last week, you thought, oh, Jack Whiten's out. He should, like, take a bit of a step up. But he didn't score very well. So, <laughs> um, you know, he, who did take a step up in that Raiders game? Matt Frawley. Yeah, he looked. He actually looked good. So that's why I think he's a sell this week because I, I just don't see, with the form the Raiders are in and the slump that they're in, I just don't see him making it to round 13 when Whiten's back. Yeah, I saw something about... Jamal Fogarty as well today. I'm not sure how far off he is, but there is a chance if I'm seeing pictures on my newsfeed about him that he's not too far away. Um, yeah, I think he just started training again, so he's you know getting yeah getting back into things. So I don't know how long it's going to take him to get into form, but probably at least the next two or three weeks he's probably going to be training. You know, trying to bulk up and get back into match fitness. Exactly. What's his break even this week? You know, off the top of your head. Uh, Schneider. Oh, Schneider. Yeah. Uh, his break-even is 47. Oh, yeah, that's problematic also. So he's going to drop cash. 
Yeah, exactly. So if you're not confident that he's going to make it, he's probably a, your, your top sell this week. Just You just you can't trust that because he's made a lot of cash already. So if you're not confident he's going to hold a spot, he's a must-sell. Yeah, I think that's probably the right way to go about it. So another question from uh, Lockie, is Tohu Harris a good buyer over Origin? I think yes, but I'd still give him a couple of weeks. You just don't really know how he's going to go with coming back from the ACL. It usually takes players a little bit to warm into the season. Although Tohu Harris is a gun and he's going to play 80 minutes on an edge probably. So you could see him going straight back into 50s. At least I hope so for my draft team. <laughs> I, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about Harris because he has shown that he's a very good defensive player, makes a lot of tackles, plenty of meters, but that's from the middle of the park. He's now playing on an edge. I don't know if he's going to be hitting, you know, 50s from the start, but he will get there eventually. So I don't think he's a must buy this week. Like a lot of people are looking to Tohu Harris, um, trading out Murray for Tohu Harris, which is fair. It frees up a little bit of cash and you get player that's kind of like for like, but that's his scores from last year. So you've got to weigh up. He's had an ACL injury. He's not playing in the middle anymore. What is the likeliness of him getting the same base stats? So I'd probably, yeah, like you said, give him a week or two, see how he plays, if he plays 80 or not, and then go from there. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Like sometimes when they used to do this as well, you start on an edge and then rotate in the middle or something like that. So you can play a little bit of time in the middle still, but yeah, I think I'd wait and see with him. You've got a couple of weeks before 13 as well to kind of have a look. And I don't think, even if he kind of meets our expectations straight off the bat, I think his price isn't going to really change one way or the other. Yeah, his break even's 56. So if he gets a 60, he's only going to go up by like, you know, maximum 5K. <laughs> so it's not it's not like he's going to go sh- like skyrocketing unless he gets like an 80 or a 90. Say he gets a, scores a double off an edge. That'll be yeah. insane. <laughs> anyway, against the Rabbitohs, I don't quite see it. Um, so a question from Jack. Is Starling a sell now that he's on the bench and Elliot is starting? Yeah, that's a good question. I will be holding on to him until around 13 anyway. I think he came off the bench against the Warriors and still scored all right. So yep. a few of these games that he's played, he's, you know... Even when he's getting, you know, he's still getting like in the 60s as far as minutes the last three weeks. So I think it's not like warning signs, but, and you'd hold him for 13. Uh, yeah, I think he's a safe hold for 13. Like you said, he's played 60 minutes the last three rounds. And of those scores, the last score against the Bulldogs was his lowest. So he's not an urgent sell by any means. Like he, he should be fine for the next couple of rounds. Yeah. I think so as well. Uh, awesome. Who's the better option from Jack? Who's the better option um, between Harry Grant and Isaiah Papali'i? I think I will say Papali'i just because of the upcoming schedule. Harry Grant, I don't really know how it's all going to work with Origin and how many games he's going to be in and out. Because the Storm are sitting in a pretty good position, I would assume that he would, you know, probably miss at least like four or so of the next games until like 17. They've got like Brandon Smith there. They've got these guys like Wishard on the bench. So it's not yeah. like they're losing a whole, like they're obviously losing a whole lot with Harry Grant, but they've got some good replacements to 
you know, keep the team going. So, I, yeah, I'd say Papali'i just because he's got um, no origin, obviously, and he's also been on fire. Yeah, I agree. Harry Grant's been good, um, but Isaiah Papali'i over the course of the next couple of weeks will be better, just game time-wise and um, buy-rounds-wise. Like, it just makes more sense to get Papali'i, especially for a trade for um, Cam Murray. Yeah. Uh, question from Matt. What are your thoughts on Garrick for Pappenhausen? Ooh, see, I, I really like this one. So I put up the buy, hold, sell post uh, yesterday and I didn't include direct replacements for Pappenhausen and Murray just because I thought it would be best to talk through them. I think for Pappenhausen, Garrick, Taylor May and Joey Manu are probably the best replacements for Pappenhausen just because they all play round 13 and they won't be playing Origin. What about Scott Drinkwater? Does he factor into any consideration of yours? So he does. I think the thing from Drinkwater is if he doesn't get a lot of attacking stats, he really suffers. So he's had uh, two games where he didn't score a try and he scored 30. Like it, it's just a, a just a standard winger fullback score. Whereas when he scores tries and he's active in attack, he ends up getting 50s to 60s. The thing that'll go against him is that he has the Storm and the Panthers um, in his next three games, two of his next three. So I don't know, you know, how well they'll go, but he, yeah, he will probably struggle against those teams in attack. They've got the Tigers this week, so it might be different, but then again, it's going to be very, very wet. So I don't know how, you know, much attack there's going to be through spreading the ball through your wingers and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. But yeah, I think... He's good, but he's not as good as some of the others. Like Garrick has, he kicks goals for Manly. That's what's really good about having him. And when Turbo's out, he'll be playing fullback. So he's also got that added benefit as well. Couldn't agree more, mate. That's oh, that's top-notch analysis. That's why you're on the big box, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, paying me shitloads here. <laughs> I agree with that, mate. That's, um, yeah, fair shout. Uh, thoughts on a uh, question from Robert thoughts on Crichton, Josh Jackson and Ruben Cotter. So you're a big fan of Ruben Cotter. Know that for sure. He's playing big minutes at the moment with the hammer on the bench questions around him playing origin though. Yeah, that's some, uh, I think that's some pretty generous whispers. If I'm honest, I'm not sure if he's uh, quite gone up to those heights yet. And they've got, they have got a lot of depth there with guys like Fodaway Carter and, Arrow and all these other guys that you would think would be ahead of him. So I think he's probably just outside the mix. Maybe like gets called into camp or something, but, um, or if there's, you know, some injuries to some of these other guys, maybe makes it, but I don't think he's in the team at the moment. Yeah. I think he, he could be close to like, he's a very good middle. He's a good replacement for if anything happens to Harry Grant, cause he can play hooker and he's a good defender in the middle of the park. So, They've probably got, like we are talking about before, they've probably got Arrow, Capewell, Kafusi, um, Fodawaka. But then after that, I don't have a ton of players. Maybe like Francis Molo has been pretty good at the Dragons. Like, I don't think they have tons of middle forwards, Queensland. He might be a decent shout for a bench spot. He'll definitely get called into camp. I think that's not um, a question. He will definitely be called into camp, I reckon. But I don't know whether he'll definitely be playing. That's the thing. Okay, strong words. Uh, no, definitely, definitely plausible. I really like him, and yeah, he's been killing it. But uh, I'm just nervous because every time he's kind of had these runs in the past, he gets injured. 
So I just hope that he stays stays healthy because he's a weapon. Todd Payton loves him. And yeah, he's getting more like 80 minutes. He's almost kind of like when like Payne Hearth was getting 80 minutes prop. Oh, and yeah. Was this is like he was a cheapie. kind of the range he's in the last two weeks, 71, 59. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Pod captain this week, maybe. Oh, yeah. Don't mind that either. Against the Warriors, I think they are. Uh, yeah, Tigers no. this week. Tigers, yes, that's we did just say that. Yeah. Uh, so another question from. Oh, we didn't talk about Josh Jackson either. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we've missed the other p- people. Um, so Josh Jackson, I think he didn't get eighty minutes on the weekend. So I'm kind of cold on him now because he was he did have a couple of games where he played eighty and was looking like a bit of a pod. But since he's been back from COVID, still got forty eight. He points. only got sixty on the weekend. Yeah, 48 and 60 minutes. So he needs to get 80 to be a definite buy, I'd say. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe they just kind of gave him one one week back and eased him into it a little bit. Yeah, I reckon keep an eye on him because he's not a bad option for, what, round 13 and through Origin. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, one to look out for. And Angus Crichton, kind of the same thing, right? He's he's looking like a good buy, and I think he's a good buy, but Origin as well, he's looking likely to be selected. Or at least have a bench spot. Yeah, I think he will get some. I know I said maybe he's on the yard a, a few weeks ago, but yeah, he's kind of come back into form. And I feel like he's one of those guys that Fitler liked as well. So he probably is going to get selected somewhere in that team. Yeah, he's good value at the price he's at, though. So if you see him as like a season-long keeper, he's a he's definitely a buy this week rather than um, after Origin, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, question from... Stefan, uh, is it time? Is it the right time to buy Cam McInnes? Oh, that's a big one. So Cam McInnes is 613k. His last two scores have been a 60 and a 56 in uh, 70 and 60 minutes. Good base stats. Played in the middle. Oh, geez, what are your thoughts? He's he doesn't look too bad. <laughs> yeah, I I like this from Stefan. Um, yeah, I think the one thing that I really like to see is these tackle numbers are back to like Cam McInnes tackle machine territory. He just used to make, you know, hundreds of tackles. So he's got that kind of workload back in defense, it seems. Yeah, I really like it. Honestly, if you can squeeze him in somehow, I think he's at the moment 613k, that's unders. For Cam McKenna, so you're getting some value. And he, yeah, seems to be turning the corner with his form. Doesn't play 13, which is the only, I guess, negative, I would say. But yeah, I think he's worth a a shout for sure. Yeah, I reckon he's going to work into those, those, um, those minutes on the field. Yes, he doesn't play around 13, but I reckon he would probably get his minutes up to around the 65 to 80 more likely than not. Dale Finucane seemed to... Like, they named Finucane at 13 at lock, but then they end up moving him to the front row and then they put McInnes on in the middle. So at the price he's at now, McInnes is absolute value, but you're still risking whether he gets the minutes to score big. I think his score was inflated a little bit because they, you know, they lost Will Kennedy. They had less players in the line, so he had to make a few more tackles. But he can definitely score... I think with a... A uh, price of 600k, the average score at that price is 48. So as long as he's making 50 plus every week, he's got good value in him. And what was was it ACL that he came off as well? 
of the off season. Uh, yeah, he did his ACL at the start of last season. Yeah, and he was like a top three player at that point in time. Yeah. One other thing with the ACLs, and this is me listening to like NRL physio too much, but the second half of the season is when players kind of like hit their prime form from the ACL. Um, he always says like, you know, the first half of the year, they kind of work their way back work their way back into things. And then the second half, they kind of return to their like prime form. So I guess like looking at his scores and kind of his minutes, seems like that could be potentially happening right now as well. Yeah, you've got to remember, he's been out of the game for 12 months now. So he had a full season off last year because he injured it in the um, preseason period last year. And so he's had a full preseason this year to go through and he started the season as well. So he's, you know, working his way back and he should, yeah, he should hit his stride, you know, towards the back end of this year, I think. And he'll he'll have very good numbers, I think, in the middle for the Sharks team, especially when they're pushing for finals footy. They're going to be, you know, playing really well and a lot of defense will come McInnes's way. So I think he's a, yeah, pretty good buy. Good pot option as well. Only owned by 1.6% of teams. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very good option. Like that. Uh, that's pretty much all the questions. Oh, another one actually. So one from Patrick, uh, what are your thoughts on Burton may play origin, but pretty good value. Um, I've been saying this since the start of the season, people that have been, you know, questioning trading Burton, he's never been a sell. He is a gun. He will play, you know, he'll be, he'll have good games and bad games. He's playing for the Bulldogs now. So you've kind of got to expect that, but yeah, he's a, he's a keep and a, a must have, I think for this, for this season. Do you think he's a buy this round though? Wow, I don't know if I'd call him a must-have. Uh, Ooh, okay. I think right. I think he's good, obviously, and he's in the centers. I think there's a few different options you can go over him, but I do think he's a good buy, and that is just part of his, <laughs> I guess, baggage that he likes for the Bulldogs. He's going to have games where he lights up. He's going to have games where he's uh, struggling as well. But he got that goal kicking back, which was nice to see. He does look like the kind of dominant half out of him and Flano. So, yeah, I think he's a, a good buy as well. But I'm not sure if he's in must-have territory. Yeah, the reason I say he's a must-buy, he's currently a top-five center in NRL Fantasy, and he has the base stats to back that score up. So he's been, you know, doing well in base stats. He's obviously had some really rubbish games, but that's all base stats, no attacking stats on top of that, and he's still scoring around the 30 mark. So... That's why I think he's kind of a must-have center. The players that you know are playing in the middle um, and have the, just the center tag in fantasy are the ones that generally get more points. So that's why Aitken's the top center in NRL fantasy at the moment, just because he's playing on an edge, getting plenty of tackles, plenty of meters, and then any attacking stats on top of that is is elevating him above a 50 to a 60, you know, kind of area. So that's why I rate players that are you know tagged as a center but actually don't play center in NRL fantasy better than those that are playing center, if that makes sense. No, that does make sense. I think, yeah, like he's obviously a good option. I don't mind going like an Aitken and a Stags instead of him or a even like, I guess, like a Lomax or a Campbell Graham as well. But yeah, probably at the end of the day, because he's got all those base stats with kicking and the goal kicking as well. He's going to be like yeah. up in these top. And he's kind of crazy that he's at top five and he's had all of these like rubbish games. Yeah, when you look at his scores, he's had, yeah, sub 30s and stuff. Like, yeah, it's it's crazy that he's still top five. Obviously, he scored an 80 on the weekend. So, 
that boosted it a little bit. But yeah, he's not a crazy good, I guess, half in fantasy. But if you you know filter it on centers, he's your best center, one of the best centers in the game. So keep that in mind. Uh, that's pretty much all the questions. I guess the main thing I wanted to talk about after that, um, what are you thinking in terms of captaincies? We've already kind of touched on it and we've, I've kind of said that I prefer middle forwards and, you know, hookers this week. Um, but a lot of people still pushing for Hines. He's still, you know, 15% captaincy and Cleary's around the 25% captaincy mark. Um, what are your thoughts there? going a bit more depth there. Do you think that they're actually going to be able to perform that well? We already said clear he's not going to he's not going to hit his heights like he has before, especially with the the weather. But Hines, maybe he gets more involved from fullback, maybe he does the same thing again. What do you reckon? Yeah, it's kind of a tricky one, isn't it? I think Cleary is a steer clear at least for me this week. Just what we were saying before and it's kind of also the trademark of the storm that they take out your best player. So I think naturally his scores are going to dip a little bit anyway. But yeah, Hines, I don't mind it as far as it is like a little bit risky, but he's also playing the Raiders. The Raiders have been pretty bad. It'll be interesting. I just don't know how much weather we're going to get this this weekend. And yeah, even more so, I wonder what's going to happen. What are they? The like fifth or sixth game of the round? What's the track going to be like if it's wet? Yeah. And it's uh, yeah, by the end of the weekend. Sharks first Raiders on a dug up pitch. <laughs> yeah. I know like a mud bath. I'm not sure what's what the plan is for this weekend. Maybe there's like a few a few of the games might get moved to if there's a closer local stadium. Yeah, it depends what the torrential oh, like the Gold Coast rain maybe or, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It depends what the rain's like. But I think yeah, middle forwards are probably a safe bet. Obviously, House, he could come out. I feel like Manly forward pack is a pretty good matchup as well for, for him. Uh, <laughs> I feel like Manly forward pack have been a little bit, they've been all a bit average this this year. Yeah. Uh, guys like the power and stuff are kind of getting a bit long in the tooth. Could see him having a pretty dominant game against Manly. Or Papali as well versus Roosters, given his score last week was. <laughs> Like 81, pretty much in base. It's pretty safe. Yeah, I agree. I think Haas and Papali'i, they're, they're probably two of the biggest ones this week as captains. Or just pot it up and go for go for Cotter, get an 80 minutes Ooh. against the Tigers. But he's playing the last game of the round, so it could really be like a mud bath by the time yeah. he gets on. I'm, yeah, I'm questioning... What? Yeah, I'm questioning just the minutes that they're going to get the middle forwards this week because it's, yeah, it's going to be a pretty tough one to play. So... They might, um, you know, might be a bit more of a rotation through the middle this week for some players. So we'll see see what happens, especially against the Tigers. You guys might get out to an early lead, and then, um, you know, they give like guys like Cotter and Lolo a rest towards the back end, like they did last week. That's true. Yeah, he's hoping. Never know. <laughs> so I did put a post up earlier, oh, last week actually, um, with kind of big pods to look out for over the coming weeks. Do you have any insights? Do you have any pods that you're looking at? I know we just kind of uncovered Cam, Cam McInnes, um by a fan question, but do you have anyone you're kind of keeping an eye on for the next couple of weeks? Cam McInnes was definitely one that I was keeping an eye on. Um, I liked your shout earlier with Garrick as well. I think he's a pretty nice one, especially with Manly, seemingly kind of like hitting some form. Yep. Hopefully Origin doesn't stunt that too much with Tommy coming in and out, but I think even if memory last year, 
as soon as he came back into playing for Manly, Tommy T was like lighting it up even more. So after coming from Origin, so hopefully that kind of helps Garrick out. Josh Jackson, we kind of talked about as well, is one I'm kind of keeping an eye on. He was pretty good last year as a pod. And I told you last week that I really liked Robson as well, playing 80 minutes. They're probably my big ones that I'm looking at. Yeah. I had my own Clemmer, but he's, you know, getting into the the kind of big price price range now. So I probably don't have the, the funds to afford him. If I'm going that high as a as a player, I would probably go and look at Papali'i for an extra 100k. Because Clemmer, he's, yeah, he's kind of skyrocketed in the last couple of weeks. He's getting 65 minutes a game and big base stats. So he looks pretty good at the Knights because they're just defending half the game anyway. So yeah. Um, Plenty of tackles there for him. But yeah, there's tons of tons of pods. I even put up uh, Adam Reynolds, very good half pod. He's probably one of the top halves in terms of just base stats. He gets through a lot of kick meters, plenty of tackles and goal kicks as well. So yeah, he's got tons of base stats and one of the more consistent halves um, this year, which is good to see. I do want to touch on actually two others. Yeah. And Joe O and Alex Twal. Have to bring up your boy. Yeah, Joe, my boy. I wish I had have got on in this year. He's been killing it. Mate, I'm burned. I've got so burned last year picking him up that I just yeah. didn't even look at him this year. So it'll be interesting. I think especially if one of them go down, the other one could be like super valuable because I could see him getting 80 minutes. Even Joe last week got 72. Yeah, he had a cheeky try in there as well. So lucky, lucky boy. Lucky boy, yeah. But yeah, Twelve's come out with a few decent scores over the last month or so with the Tigers coming back into form. Doesn't miss tackles, which is nice. Yeah, there's plenty of pods around that that kind of three to five percent owned mark that a couple play a couple, you know, coaches have them, but they're not really well owned and they are scoring quite consistently. I guess it's just whether they can hold it over the course of the season, that's gonna be the biggest question mark. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's plenty of them out there. Right oh. That's all the questions we have. Bit of a long episode, but it's good to catch up and get back into things, especially with uh, Origin coming up and you know planning for that round 13 bye. Uh, as we mentioned before, if you have any questions, feel free to send them through to our Instagram page at footybrainspod. We will be able to answer your questions there and we always do the Q&A for these podcasts through our Instagram. So if you have any questions that you want us to chat about, just feel free to submit them there and we'll discuss them on the show. Thanks for joining me, Josh. Good chat. No worries. Thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, good luck. Yeah, good luck this week and I'll see you again next week.